Hello, you're listening to Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power Calls. I'm Susan Shereko. Welcome. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Paul Edward Frischetti. He has joined us today uh, to talk about the three novels that he published that started with, oh, I guess he started them around an idea that he had in 2005. And now he's at the point where he has a fourth novel ready to go. So we're going to focus on one in these of these titles in particular, Miss Pretty Please. Please help me welcome Paul Edward Fischetti. Hello, Paul. Welcome. Hi. How are you, Susan? I'm very well, thank you. It's, how's the weather back there? Well, we're we're doing a nice uh, fall day here in uh, Maryland. A little bit of wind, but very sunny, so very nice. Have you been outside to enjoy it? Yes. Yes, we did a little bit later. We actually drove back from my daughter's house in the Virginia, so we saw the countryside for quite a while. Very nice. The, the aftermath of Thanksgiving, yes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, when did you start writing? Um, was it always your you know career path and what you wanted to do? Well, you know, I was never uh, anything of an English writer of any kind doing well in English in high school, but uh, when I was in graduate school studying for uh, marriage and family therapy, of course, you had to do papers and learn how to do that. Um, and so we did a lot of uh, family tree work, history, emotional history. And uh, so I I got myself together enough. And I think with the advent of, uh, of computers was able to, you know, learn how to uh, write a lot a lot better like you're supposed to spelling correctly and grammar and that kind of stuff and I, and I realized that i could tell stories so uh i've always kind of carried that with me and and once i got closer to uh, retirement and uh, had some ideas uh, about some uh, sports uh, heroes that um could change you know the an area and um and connect it to family that i knew about and uh you know, how important that was and, and the difference that could make over the generations. Well, do you find that was related to the work you had learned to do or had been doing uh, in uh, marriage and family therapy? Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you know, you learn so many different things about families, uh, you know, their secrets, uh, their weaknesses and strengths. And, um, when you're giving, you know, you, you talk a lot in metaphors, uh, giving ideas because, you you know, there's something about when you talk directly to people, they really don't listen to you. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you have to do well with telling uh, stories, you know, using metaphor or other kinds of things that have a parallel message uh, that's similar to what they're going through. So, um Having done that with, you know, kids and, uh, you know, older people uh, along the way, um, you know, you can you can learn to turn almost anything into uh, a story. And, uh, you know, short could be one minute, two minutes, five minutes. Um, and then as you, you know, as I got older, thinking about my family and uh, what I was interested in, um, I find that it, I found that it was pretty easy to think through. Uh, some concepts of a story and how to do chapters and that kind of stuff. So that's really where it came from. So these novels are actually based in some level on real people. 
Yeah, the uh, certainly my family. You know, I grew up uh, with the Fischettis, and uh, all of my grandparents came here from Italy, the late 1800s, early 1900s, and uh, you know, we had a lot of extended family in New Jersey and Philadelphia as we grew up outside of Washington. So all of our holidays and and other time, we always were constantly having people come to Washington and stay with us. So. Uh, I always heard, you know, stories from a long time ago, and uh, my father was a great, great storyteller, had this big, deep voice. Um, And so, you know, we would just sit at the dinner table and hear these great, great things and and jokes and all kinds of great things. So it was really, really fun. The other thing that was interesting with my, and and I don't think I shared this with you earlier, was my, my dad was legally blind, so he had these talking books. Uh, which were records that were sent out uh, free through the U.S. mail. Um, uh, the Lighthouse for the Blind used to do that free. And uh, I would listen with him at night to these stories of books that I probably wouldn't take on myself, you know, history of uh, of Italian culture or whatever it was, with the, with great readers like Alexander Scorby and other actors, and uh, would hear these great stories being told. Um, and so that was always a a fun thing to do. So every time I, uh, write something. And so I always think of my dad in those situations and how excited he would be to know that, that I've written these kinds of things. That is marvelous. I hadn't thought about the lighthouse for the blind in a long time. (laughs) What wonderful work they did reading, reading Mm -hmm. books for people. Yeah. Having those. Yeah, you know, they had those albums that those record players that would, you know, they'd stop when you turn them off so that you'd be right in the middle of a page. And if you're going to go to sleep, instead of trying to find out where you were, they would just stop right away, which, you know, normal uh, uh, players did not do that, which I always thought was pretty cool. You know? Yes, yes, that is very, pretty cool. Wow, the advanced technology at the time. Yeah. <laughs> So, so tell us a little bit about your books. Uh, I don't know. We said we were going to primarily focus on Miss Pretty Please. However, there is a progression between the three to four novels that you've done. Um, maybe you could fill us in a little bit, you know, a sentence or two on each one, um, what they're about and who the families are. Well, the, uh, you know, there's three books in uh, that we, you know, that I might call a trilogy uh, even though each book is could sit on its own and tells stories about the past so that you can catch up quite easily. But the first story is uh, is about a baseball slugger veteran player who's a part of this uh, Finelli family, but his last name is Santucci because he was uh, adopted as a as a young uh, at birth because his father. Philip Finelli was only uh, 19 or so and decided that he couldn't take care of a, a child. And so he went to, was adopted by good family friends uh, known as the Santucci. So he grew up as Alex Santucci and he was a great uh, baseball player and then becomes an aging veteran that's playing in the Midwest someplace. And all of a sudden in one of his, what would be the last year of his contract, um, starts hitting like he's never hit before. And so there becomes this great buzz around the league, whether he's going to get traded possibly and maybe go back to his hometown of Washington, 
who is playing very well and, and has just had an injury to an infielder. So that's kind of the story that's set up with that, where he, you know, regains his stroke and there's some magical stuff that, that goes on. Um, like you might find in, in some of the great, you know, sports stories like the natural or things like that, uh, field of dreams where, um, you know, some very supernatural things kind of happen and, um, they bring families together and cities together. And uh, so that was my initial thought at the time. Being a great uh, sports fan, a really good athlete, um, uh, you know, I was at the time a current big baseball fan, and I was just dying for the Washington area team, the Nationals, to win something <laughs> big. And they had won the whole time I was alive. And uh, we even didn't have baseball for 33 years. And, and so in the beginning of, of uh, 2012, I just had got this idea about what could happen if the city got lifted by a great player and, and how the city could come together. And, um, you know, it just hit me when I was driving down to Florida and, and within, uh, you know, a couple hours I had written an outline for the whole thing. It just was uh, quite extraordinary. Wow. So that's, that's mm -hmm. really my, my first book. And then I decide that his connection to the uh, Finelli family is that he has a half brother who's much younger, uh, Guy Finelli, um, who, um, you know, ends up growing up with Alex as a mentor. And um, he's a great athlete. He's introduced in the first book um, at some point where there's a game he's playing in college that Alex goes to see him at. But um, he turns into a superstar football player in, in the book called The Safety, and he's unusually a big guy for playing at that. Uh, he's 6'6", 240 pounds, and runs like the wind, and sort of he's this extraordinary athlete and uh, really controls the whole game and, um, you know, again, does extraordinary things. He sort of has some superpowers to him and and also fighting crime and gets involved in um, uh, drug, um, uh, taking down a drug lord and uh, going after past mistakes that he's had in high school when he was growing up. So it's kind of an exciting book about football and um, just reaching greatness and, and relying on his family and, um, and then doing great things for the community. And so uh, near the end, his brother and himself come together to um, uh, establish uh, some great things in the city of Baltimore after they've uh, confronted this this drug lord, and and, uh, and it's really pretty exciting. So that's really, in a nutshell, the second book. And uh, so the third book, I, I decided came up with in I think it was 2016. I was doing a reading uh, for the safety, and at the end of it, uh, somebody in the in the crowd asked me. Did I ever think of writing a book, you know, with a uh, a woman as the uh, uh, as an athlete, possibly, or you know, the lead story? And to be honest, I hadn't because I thought, well, you know, can authors really do that? Can we write about <laughs> women, you know? And I thought about it, and I came up with this really neat story, and I had to push it a little bit ahead in time, the twenty mainly in 2029, because I made it the daughter of Guy Finelli. Her name is Annie Finelli, and she's 15 in the book and in high school. And uh, was this sort of, uh, she's very, very famous because at the time, um, 
Uh, Guy Finelli is a hero. He's he's retired from football um, and does this philanthropic work with his brother, Alex. So that family, those two families are known really, really well. And she, she grows up sort of isolated and uh, plays a lot of sports with her cousins who are Santucci's, her, her first cousins, uh, Hill and Lil uh, Santucci. And so that's the only people that she plays with, basically, in, in basketball and volleyball. And she's a tremendous athlete, um, but ends up going in high school just uh, going out for the track team and uh, does individual sports, broad jump and, uh, you know, the dashes and uh, those kind of long jumps. Um, high jump, that kind of thing. So stuff that she can do on her own because she really doesn't feel comfortable about being around people is very isolated in that. So it's a story about um, how she gets recruited to play volleyball in high school, something she's never really done before, but she's such a great athlete and um, has this great teacher that she believes in. Um, and she ends up uh, playing for her high school, Walter Johnson, which is a school that I went to and my wife went to and, the other characters actually do, so it's a lot. It's a real, a real uh, area, and um, and then some very strange things sort of happen in her life and with her cousin, and uh, a sort of a really big surprise that that goes on. But the, the difference about the third book from my first two book is that it's uh, really is a big romance, whereas my first two books, um, you know, didn't really spend much time with that. Each had a a, a partner, but. Um, um, not like this book. My wife had always told me, you know, you really should get to spice these books up a little bit. And so, you know, people might, <laughs> might read them more if, you know, there's some romance. So, um, she, she becomes as a, one of the Santucci, uh, kids who's not a kid. He's in his twenties. He's not related to her because of, um, Alex was adopted in the Santucci family, but they happen to see each other a couple of events. And she's young and not some, you know, not something that uh, Russell Santucci should really be interested in, but he feels such, you know, attraction to her and starts to know her from just talking and just realizes that, you know, he's just got to wait and uh, she's the one. So uh, that, that story continues and him getting his life together. He's a great pianist who's kind of down on his luck a little bit and he learns to find his greatness. Uh, in himself as uh, Annie becomes a hero in, in the community. And, um, you know, their love uh, is down the road if they wait. And if not, uh, then they go their se separate ways. So um, I think it's a, it's a wonderful uh, story. There's uh, um, a lot of fun things that go on with, with Russell as he pursues uh, dating still, because he has to kind of act like he's, uh, you know, uh, with people and not not interested in this, you know, 15 year old girl, which would be just, you know, um, a bad thing, according to society. So uh, he wants to do the right thing and it ends up actually being a piano teacher for her because she she likes the piano and that kind of stuff. So, um, again, the family plays a very strong uh, role in the book, but it's very exciting as to what happens. And if you like sports, the commentary and how the how the, the stories go are very exciting. I have, uh, as I said, a good background in that. So I know sports. I played quarterback and, and shortstop and, you know, positions and, and all of these different sports where I kind of know, you know, how to call plays and, and how good, exciting things can happen. So 
That's really the yeah. thrust of, of those three books. Those three. Now, the fourth yeah. one, is that the one that takes off on a more futuristic direction? Well, it, it is. Um, it's it when I wrote it, uh, which I finished. Uh, oh God, in, in two thousand, right when Pretty Please was about to come out, which was during COVID. Um, so it was the beginning of I guess two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. I set it in two thousand twenty two um, because of some political years, and it's set in Florida. Um, I have a condo in Florida. I've spent a lot of time on the space coats uh, in uh, in the little the city of Cape Canaveral and now Cocoa Beach to do writing. It's a beautiful place to be, especially during the winter. Um, so for we've had it since the, the 2005. So I've really learned a lot about the area, travel a bit. I have cousins that live in South in Satellite Beach. One of which was a the mayor of Satellite Beach for for eight years. So I just came up with this great concept of a uh, of a 28 year old woman who's kind of a beach bum, grows up near the beach where she can walk, you know, two blocks. She lives in a very inexpensive apartments, which which can which happens down there. It's it's unlike the uh, some of the East Coast where you know if you're near the beach, it's it's un you know not something you can afford. But she's grown up doing that, and it's kind of finishing school, but not quite. Uh, never really got her, herself together, you know, sort of gave up boys five, six years ago because, you know, they're too immature. And, um, you know, she she just sort of hits this stride of uh, getting her life together and realizes she wants to be a, a teacher and um, teaches in elementary school. And at the same time, she's she's got a real crush on the mayor of the little town. Uh, in the book, it's called Cape Atlantic. And um, he she follows him at city hall meetings and tries to talk with him. And he's uh, his name is Jackie Calvinezzi, and uh, he's in his early 50s. And he's a very popular man in, in the city. Um, and he always spends time to, to talk to her and stuff. But he's she's a little kind of manic depressive and, you know, just sort of, <laughs> you never know what she's going to do, but she really finds a stride as a teacher. She spends a couple of years teaching in fourth grade and uh, uh, getting to know Jackie. She eventually gets herself caught up in this political machine where Jackie has got um, a, a good deal of money from his father who was involved in a lot of the vices providing gambling down there and prostitution and uh, drugs, uh, you know, but nothing that caused a lot of violence and death. But, you know, he was just something he did. And, and he also owned a lot of real estate. So he came from very wealth and he, he ends up passing. And so Jackie has um, millions of dollars to play with and decides he really is going to go after the governorship of the state. And uh, so it's a story about you know, the current politics of, of Florida and um, and and what, you know, another angle could, could be and what would have to happen to really, you know, sort of take over the state politically and what that would mean. And she gets caught up in that, gets caught up in the family, and uh, it gets to be kind of an exciting uh, political thriller. At the same time, she kind of uh, learns about her past because there's some very, uh, you know, tough th stuff that happens to her. Um, with her parents and herself. And so she learns about that. Um, there is a little bit of a connection with the first three books. I borrow a couple characters 
uh, one of which was a, an ex-FBI uh, uh, director, assistant director, who ends up um, kind of secretly um, coming down to Florida and investigating what's going on with with Jackie and uh, gets himself involved. And also the Philip Finelli character who, you know, who is a writer in the books. Uh, he's the father of the two boys, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. has a condo in the Cape Atlantic area, ends up connecting with the, uh, the main character. Um, and so he has spent some time as sort of a mentor with her. So it, it is fun to kind of pull those characters from the past together and, yes. make, and yeah. have them a little bit in the book. Um, otherwise everybody is new and, um, there's no sports in except for one day that they watch a lot of sports, but, uh, <laughs> so it, it really is, you know, uh, I, I've been able to get away from the whole sports sure. part of this, which I was kind of proud of. So, uh, sure. it's got oh. a little bit of, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, do you, do you feel like you have an overarching theme through all your books that you're communicating to your audience? Well, I, I, you know, when you were talking to me about my therapy work and stuff, I, I guess a lot of it is, uh, you know, finding one's greatness um, inside and whether it's something that runs from the family or something they uh, they discover themselves. And I think all of my leading characters, um, you know, end up doing that and, and pursuing something greater than themselves. Um, and just, you know, finding the will to do that. And, um, so, you know, I, I, that's probably the, the overriding theme to most, to at least what I've written so far, <laughs> let's put it like that. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it sounds as if there's that, I think you use the term soft inspirational while they're also mm. fun and exciting so that, you yeah. know, it's, it's there, but you're not hitting people over the head with it. Yeah. I mean, I try to make them fun and exciting. So, um, you know, they're, they're easy reads. Um, I think they're, you know, uh, very tight, uh, written, written well. But you know, you can get through them, uh, short chapters, that kind of stuff. So, um, right. okay. you know, for, especially for beach time, uh, summertime reads, I think they're they're excellent and a lot, you know, just a lot of fun. That's cool. So, where do people find your books? Well, they're um, on Amazon. Um, uh, my website is pefischetti.com. Uh, it's uh, P-E-F-I-S-C-H-E-T-T-I. Um, and uh, so they'll be, I think right now they're they're all in Kindle and soon to be in um, paperback um, when uh, we're making this republishing and everything will be going out as soon as this podcast goes out. Um, so that will be the main source if you just go into Amazon Books and type in any of the titles or, or my name, uh, P.E. Fischetti, or go to pefischetti.com. And so the, let's repeat the titles because I don't think you mentioned the title of the first one. I know it changed. Yeah, that, I guess that's true, yes. The first book is called Hot in August. Uh, the second book, The Safety. And the third book is Miss Pretty Please. And the fourth book, I don't have, I have a working title, but I'm, it's not something that I think would be smart to put out because I don't know but if that's going to be it. Yeah, because it might change. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, but we and hope it, to have it out do, next year. Okay. And how do people learn about you? If they want to get, you know, they want to get in t- contact well, with I, you, maybe they want you to come speak to them or do a book reading or whatever. 
Yeah, well, my, my we're we redoing my website, and that'll be up and running uh, a, along with all the uh, the republishing that's coming out. Um, again, pefachetti.com, um, or you know, just pefachetti. I'm on Google. I'm on Amazon has a, a book uh, uh, author titles and stuff, mm-hmm. so um, they'll be able to find me there. And uh, otherwise, I'm in uh, Bethesda in the phone book under uh, Paul Fischetti. Uh, that's easy to find, but uh, well, you know, grew, uh, born and raised in this area, went to you know college in this area, and been been married thirty six years, so um, uh, I'm easy to find, I believe. And and do you get to meet your audience frequently, or are there occasions where where you do stumble upon them? Um, you know, at this point, I you know, being an independent uh, writer, you know, I've spent pretty much more time on creating than I have for, uh, um, you know, doing, doing publishing and backing it up. Plus with COVID that happened, um, you know, it just shut down everything I was going to do with Miss Pretty Please. So I'm sort of gearing that back up now that, that, uh, things look a little better to be out there. And, uh, so I hope to be doing book readings and, um, um, a lot of social media, stuff uh, you know i have a i'm on facebook and and twitter um uh, facebook under paul fischetti uh twitter at pe fischetti um at pe fischetti um so you know i'm going to be available a lot more uh, with my uh publishing company we'll be doing a lot more social media and promoting so um you know that's that's what we're hoping to do and 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 to be very excited about it so absolutely it's fun to get out and meet your audience. They yeah, are. They, it's, it's, I get their feedback. Oh they my God! They have it, wonderful it, ideas. It really is like you know. Uh, should you you should write about a woman character? So <laughs> it's good to learn mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, what would you love to accomplish with your books in the big picture? Well, you know, I initially have just thought that I'm, I, I'm doing this for myself. Uh, you know, I started writing, I guess when I was, you know, 50, 58, 57, 58 it was, and I'll be 70 next year. And, um, I really thought, well, you know, this will be a fun legacy to have, you know, I really think about selling books or anything like that, but I just thought it was exciting that independent writers could, you know, get their books possibly put out, you know? So, um, you know, initially it was just, can I do it? You know, can I, can I mm-hmm. uh, get things out? And now I realize, you know, I'm not, I'm pretty good at this. And, uh, you know, maybe with a little bit of help and investment, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get people more of an audience and, uh, you know, talking to people like yourself and, and getting excited. And, um, you know, it really is, it is like playing, you know, sports. Once you kind of get rolling and you get your playbook going, uh, you know, the farther you, you move down the field. And I really feel like, um, you know, we're getting closer to uh, scoring some touchdowns or hitting a home run or, you know, spiking a ball and uh, and really sort of winning this game at uh, getting an audience. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's fun. It can be fun. It can be fun. Yeah. It's sometimes challenging, but it is fun. <laughs> Always challenging. <laughs> <No question. laughs> and where where would life be if we didn't have a few challenges? Oh, my God, yeah. Is there anything special that you'd like your audience to know about you? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I, I think my Italian heritage, uh, you know, I don't 
you know, really see myself as the sort of the typical Italian you, you see in, you know, the mafia movies or uh, speaking, you know, uh, the way they do in out of Jersey or whatever. But, you know, my dad was, uh, you know, grew up in New Jersey um, uh, in an area called Raritan or Bridgewater. And he was a, a pretty special guy, came from, uh, you know, his immigrant father, who was uh, really a laborer all of his life. And uh, he had this special talent at, at five five, 135 pounds. And he never played high school football, but decided to go out for it as a senior in high school at five five, 135 pounds. Didn't have really any equipment and showed up and they threw him a, a, a four. He was on the fourth string uh, and put him on the line of scrimmage. And um, he ended up by the end of the season becoming an all-state guard and uh, helped his school win their only state championship, Somerville High School, in their in their history. And, um, you know, they were undefeated and unscored upon. And for a guard who's 5'5", 134 pounds to be noticed at all is, is quite an accomplishment. So uh, he was, you know, he, the next year, instead of going to Princeton like he was supposed to, they, the stock market crashed and there wasn't any money and he had to work. And so he had a, a, a good life as a government employee, um, worked in the Navy Department and, uh, you know, raised four boys on the youngest of four. Um, and with, there's, you know, has left 14 great grandchildren and nine grandchildren. Um, but, you know, he had his greatness. And I, I think, you know, along with my mom, the, their greatness and uh, every family has that. And to just learn about it when you go in your history to go back, even if it's just a couple of generations, you can learn about what's great in your family. And um, that doesn't mean that you're the most popular person alive or, you know, have some invention that's incredible. But, uh, you know, you never know what can happen in, in the next generations because uh, that legacy does carry on, I believe. Oh, I agree. I, I think there are all sorts of studies that show that it does carry on. There's, it's almost like it's in our DNA. Mm-hmm. It's built I in so. to our DNA. Yeah. So, yeah, so you yeah, I, you're really all about the magic of uh, pursuing your dreams and and doing what comes naturally. Yeah, I, you know, there's so I there's so many books out there or, or, or stories these days are you know full of violence and. Uh, you know, horrible things. And, you know, that's, that is life. There's no question about it. And I think I've done kind of a balance to be able to, to do both and to show, you know, how uh, grit and determination and support of your family and community can really win out and make a difference. So I think it's, you know, it's not a Hallmark Hall of Fame story, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it definitely pursues that, you know, happiness, is important and uh, and you know uh, and that can happen in your life and when it does happen you have to really enjoy it you know because it's not something that's going to just stick around forever without some hard work so mhm mhm there is a there is something to be said for that you know we in the, <laughs> i sort of put, look at it myself as that we we are on this giant pendulum and on one end are all the hardships that we wow. have and on the other are all the celebrations and the joys and the creativity wow. of the high spots but what we wind mm. up being is pretty much in the middle most of the time. Yeah, that's And the, hence the name I, of my show, which is Everyday Happiness. Yeah, I like the, yeah. the pendulum pendulum idea there. That's uh, yeah. that's exciting. Well, 
I guess Learning that's why we like it. we like the seesaw so much when we're kids. Yes. You know, you, can, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you try to balance and get up instead of down, you know. So yes. Yes. It's great. So well, I want to thank you for coming by, Paul. You know, let's remind our audience that we've been speaking with Paul Edward Fischetti about his book, Miss Pretty Please, and the others in his series of books. They're available on Amazon through his publisher, Stonehenge and on his website, pefachetti.com. So check it out. And if you're looking for some good, great recreational reads, uh, these are you know, really lovable, livable people. And he takes you through some nice you know, adventures in the process. So thank you again, Paul. Thank you. I really appreciate the time, Susan. Okay. Well, we're going to bring this call in for a landing now. Thank you all for listening, and a very special thank you to those who support this program. Bye for now, and have a great day.